0: Lent, as Kenan said, is a time of preparation. We as evangelicals believe in the risen Christ is why we do not as our Catholic brothers or sisters or as our Orthodox brothers and sisters, we have an empty cross because Christ is alive. And any strength taken to an extreme becomes a weakness. We're not comfortable with this whole repenting thing. We're not comfortable with the guilt that we have in our life. And... Lent is a time of when we slow down, and Ash Wednesday of coming and saying before the Lord, Lord, we need Your mercy. As uh, we come to uh, the reading of God's Word, before we do the imposition of ashes, and as we go forth into the night, I would like uh, to ask if we can turn the lights off, and I'd like you to take out your Bible and turn with me to Luke, and to the ninth chapter, it's on page 843 in your pew Bible. And stand with me for the reading of God's word Luke 9 verses 51 through 56 Jesus has gone to Jerusalem 3 times a year for his entire life but this last time as he goes something changes about his face As you're visiting we read this together as a sign of God's people when we get done reading I'll say this is the word of the Lord and if you believe it you'll say thanks be to God so Let's read together Luke 9 51 through 56 And in a humble heart, receive his word to us. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him. On their way, they entered a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him, but they did not receive him because his face was set toward Jerusalem. When his disciple James and John saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them? But he turned and rebuked them. Then they went on to another village. This is the word of the Lord. The grass withers and the bloom fades, but those words will help us forever. It's always ironic to me that the times that I know we on the pastoral staff, uh, when do I love the sanctuary the most? Uh, when nobody 's in it, and because I really don 't like people, no that 's not why. because when you 're gathered together in here that there 's a silence and a space, but the other times I love worship the most are the least attended, and not because of the smallness of the crowd, but because of what it means. For me, Ash Wednesday, as well as Monday Thursday, is a huge statement. And I know people are busy and people have things and we run around. But a lot of it is just avoidance behavior. We don't like to pay the price of what it is to deal with what's going on inside of us. Calvin said, there is no repentance without faith. And what he meant was that we need to have faith in two things. One, our great need. You've got to believe you've got need. And I don't mean surface need that you're not happy. And you have to believe that God's mercy is available to remove that. One of the churches that we were at, there was an accident, a husband and a wife, and they were driving. And they weren't hit, not really hard. They got kind of T-boned from the side. And the ambulance came by and said, are you all right? They were all right. I mean, they weren't really broken up much or anything. It scared them a lot. And... They said, why don't you come with us to the hospital? And he just kept saying, no, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm I'm all right. They said, well, we really want you to come. And he said, no, I'm all right. And, And the car was still running, and so they drove off. And that night I received a call. He bled to death from internal bleeding. He had no feeling, had no idea that he was dying from the inside out. I'm fine, I'm fine. He had no idea. Before the sun would come up, he would be gone. And a lot of us, we come here tonight, we say, Lord, really, I'm I'm fine, I'm fine. And He says, no, 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 you're not, you're not. And I'm here to do something about that. Jesus, in this precious little passage, is on His way to Jerusalem. And Luke records, as well as the other Gospel writers, that there's something changed about His face, that His face is set towards Jerusalem. Well, you might say, well, of course it's set towards Jerusalem. That's where He's going. But they've noticed the countenance has changed in their master. The one who always had time for people that were hurting. The woman with the flow of blood that touched him and said, Who touched me? The stop when children were interrupting the sermon and laugh with them and hug with them. The the blind people calling out saying, Lord, have mercy. He always had time for them. But this time there's something else going on. In fact, when he comes to Samaria, the Samaritans won't receive him because he won't stop and offer the Middle East hospitality. And James and John say, well, you want us to nuke them? And Jesus says, He rebukes them. He says, are you kidding? And that fast, His face is going back. Because there's something else going on. He's heading to Jerusalem and He's heading there to go for the cross. True repentance is the most freeing process that God can give to any of us. And it's by His grace, as Calvin says... Grace initiates repentance. You and I are so busted up inside, we don't know what we don't know. We so think that we really understand and we have a few nicks in ourselves, but we basically are pretty good people. We don't realize the magnitude of this disease that we have. In fact, the disease numbs us from being able to see how in need we are. And ashes are a sign of our great need grace initiates the process and grace continues the process you don't just turn it off like a valve okay i'll turn off my sin valve and turn on my righteous valve no it's two natures at war and jesus says, i am the vine and you stay connected to me and you'll bear good fruit but we so disconnect ourselves from the life support system all the time and walk away and grace will finally culminate it ashes why ashes in the Old Testament that we hear all the time, in the Tanakh, that I am in ashes and sackcloth. Ashes are a sign of two things. And tonight as your elders and as your servers and as your staff put ashes upon you, they might say, from, remember from ashes you came into ashes you will return. I bring you tonight news that you know. That body you're sitting in someday is going to be dead and lifeless. That body that you're sitting in that you spend so much time shaving and getting in shape and making smell good is going to rot. And we need to remind ourselves the meter is running. Not out of fear and not out of paranoia, but out of stewardship. From dust we are taken and to dust we shall return. And also in the city with all the grandeur of the great cities when there would be an invasion and it had burned down. And Jerusalem itself when it was sacked. Because limestone, as you know, is made from very much from the calcium from sea life. That the stones themselves under a hot enough heat can catch fire. And as Jerusalem burned down so many times that all the grand plans of the priests or all the executives, or all the great family members went up in flames and they sat there with just the ashes left on them from all of their hopes burned down. And all they had was God. And as they say, until all you have left is God, you never really know that all you need is God. And you and I have these false saviors that we hold on to so tightly. And tonight is kind of take our stubby little fingers off of them and put our hands around the real Savior. And that's what ashes are a sign of. I like it for us as Presbyterians as we're rediscovering this. The Reformers didn't like anything that smelled Catholic. Calvin and Luther and them. They didn't like paintings and they didn't like statues and they didn't like stained glass. But you know, later on writing and reflecting, no, our brothers and sisters in Catholicism and in the Orthodox have a lot to teach us in this season. And one of the things is to remind us that That we are in this place of holding on to life. And God has put into your hand something that He wants you to share with others. It's called Christ. And we so hold on to our little money, and we so hold on to our little time, and we so hold on to the spotlight and the microphone, because we're so afraid that the world won't know that we were here. And tonight the liberator comes and says, I've come to set you free. You set your face towards me. You set your face towards me. And only if you can take one more step, you take it. Remember a pastor in Scotland said, Life is where you get up and it knocks you down, and you get up and it knocks you forward, and you get up and it knocks you down, and you do that all the way to glory. (laughs) That's what life is. You get up and you get knocked down, you get up and you get knocked down, but it's by God's grace that He takes you along the way. One of my favorite parables was written anonymous. Is it not cool when someone writes something great they don't even want to be known? That happened a long time ago. It doesn't happen anymore. (laughs) But of six people sitting around a fireplace, all of them holding a log in their hand in the freezing cold and the fire was going out. And the woman sitting there, she had a log, but she didn't put it in the fire because there was a black man across the fire, and he scared her, so she was going to wait and to hold it. And there was a rich man sitting there, and he had his log, but he saw these lazy, good-for-nothings, and why would he burn his log on people that didn't work hard? And there was a bum sitting there who wasn't going to give up his log for this stinking rich guy. He could afford to do this. And there's another person sitting there, and she wasn't going to give up her log because she looked around and she never saw any of those people at her church. And another person sitting there, he was going to give up his log, but he noticed nobody did. And the black man wasn't going to give up his log because he could finally get back at these rich people in at Whitey. And in the morning they found them, froze to death. They held on that log in their hand by pride and ego and selfishness, and what they died from was not the cold. Without it was the coldness of their heart, is what killed them. And tonight, as we go into the night, and we go to these different stations, and we will be around here, and this is a service of just preparation. If you desire to stay in a moment in quietness and to reflect, is choir, as the band are praying please please Terry. that's why we're having this as a shorter service so you can have time with the lord if you desire to come up and to receive these ashes and to go forth into the night and to to sit and to pray with somebody do that it's too bad that we're not doing this in the morning many of us did this morning care did that over in the chapel because when you go throughout the whole day people are always trying to take that smudge off your forehead And then they say, what is that? And you say, ashes. And they go, ashes? What is that all about? And you say, well, it's a time of remembering, of preparing to celebrate Easter. It's a time to remember that God loves us and He paid for all the dumb things that I've ever done. It's a time to remind us that life is passing and I'm here to love you. And if you share that much, they'll walk away from you that fast. (laughs) But as we come tonight, as we have that mark and you go home, I want you to know as you look in that mirror tonight and you wash it off, there's another mark that's on your heart that says, Taken. You belong to Christ. No one will ever take you from His hand. Satan won't. You won't. Others won't. Jesus said, Father of those whom thou hast given Me, I have lost not one. We belong to Christ. You set our face towards the new Jerusalem. And you love these people along the way. And for the next 40 days as we gather in our small groups and with each other, will you say, Oh Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Let's say that together one time out loud. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. This time as we get ready to pray, I'd like to ask if Roger would come and to pray and as our servers are getting ready to come forward and to receive. In fact, if the servers would come forward now, our elders, and take these ashes. And as they're going to different places, there'll be some positions up in the back and some down over here. And And as a sign of us being able to Set aside our life to being God's. To go forth into the world and to have the mark of Christ. To have the mark that we belong to Him and to have the mark that, you know what, we are losers and Christianity is made for us. That we belong to the Lord. So after he prays for this, any time that you desire, you can pray, you can sit, you come forward, receive this. And you go forth into the night and for the next 40 days, let's focus on our need. In God's gift
1: father we thank you for the privilege of being able to set aside this evening as a night that is sacred a night that is set apart for you to prepare our hearts to draw close to us as we draw close to you Lord as Lent is often a time that in many traditions we give something up Lord may this season be a time that we don't give up something trivial but maybe what we give up is ourselves And that this might be a place, a community, a church with a bunch of men and women who reflect Jesus in a brand new way to the world around them. Lord, we set aside these ashes tonight, not that there's anything sacred or holy in them, but they point to a reality and a truth far greater than ourselves. A truth that is simply stated as this, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God, that you sent your Son into the world not to condemn it, but through Jesus to save it. We do this in obedience to him. Amen.